Welcome to the PopGo Project Podcast, a platform for the discussion and discovery of arts and entertainment. We focus on highlighting people and events that add value to the world around us. Visit us on all social media platforms by searching The PopGo Project or visit our website at thepopgoproject.com. Welcome to the show and thank you so much for listening. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services. Are you still cutting your own grass? Are you still trying to get your landscaping to look perfect on your own? That sounds sweaty. That sounds like a lot of work. That sounds like a job for Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services. Family-owned and operated Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services, located on Kern Street in Exeter near Blue Ribbon Dairy, has the quality and experience to get your yard looking its best. The Garden Center offers plants, trees, sod, mulch, rocks, flowers, topsoil, grass seed, straw bales, and much more while the Lawn and Landscaping Services offers mowing, trimming, planting, and full landscaping. And also new at Keller's Garden Center is the Zen Chaser Bonsai Studio, offering bonsai trees, supplies, and classes. Visit them on their social media page for more info. Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services. Get your free estimate today. Gentlemen, welcome. Hello. Hello. Welcome nice to the show. Here. Welcome to the Popco Project Podcast. I've got uh, Dan and Zai from the band Violet Silhouette. And I was nervous all day long that I was going to screw that up. And <clears throat> I'll tell you where that came, that came from. I never really had a complex until I, uh, I interviewed... Uh, the lead singer from Everclear, and I mispronounced his last name. Oh, and he's got a heck of a last name. Yeah. I I was literally, I mean, I've been a huge fan of arts for, uh, since like, you know, Santa Monica came out. And uh, I just, I read it, you know, back in the day on the the, the inside, on liner notes inside, and um, I saw it and I was like, that's, that's, that's pronounced Alexicus. So that was when I was like, what, 16 years old? And then, you know, 38-year-old right. John got to interview him. You know, like, so if you told 16-year-old John you'd be interviewing him one day, he would never believe you. So here I am in front of one of my favorite artists, and I say, Art Alexicus. And he goes, no, no. It's Alexakis. And I said, okay. Great way <laughs> to start. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's like, yeah. also, too, it's like, especially like reading you know, because I grew up reading liner notes. Liner notes were like the second best part of the album. Yeah. Because you're looking through, you're reading all the thank yous, you're learning everybody's names. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really terrible at pronouncing people's names now. It's, and, well, it's 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 carried with me. Uh, I actually do a little bit of emceeing for weddings. And uh, two weekends ago, um, I I had somebody call me in Uh He's he's very poor with with names in, in general, and they're not even hard names. They're just he he can't spell. He mispronounces them. He's like, hey, would you mind coming and, and announcing these names for me in the bridal party? I said, yeah, sure, no problem. I knew the bride and groom. I'm like, it's gonna be sweet. And I called the groom by the the completely last wrong name. Completely oh. wrong last name. Oh, like not even you were. Oh man, Dan, I remember. You remember that one time we were playing and. I thought that we were in an entirely different venue 
Oh yeah. Which is actually something that's pretty common. Like I've seen other bands do that. Billy Corgan just did it uh, at West Palm. (laughs) He called it Palm Beach, California. (laughs) We're in Florida. And he was like, he realized what he did and he tried to, you know, stumble with grace, but yeah. Yeah. He's just got to be like, I, I don't know. I'm sorry, everybody. Yeah, yeah. That's basically what what he did. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I did. I got through it. Like I said, I knew the bride and groom. So, and he thought it was on purpose because um, the guy before him that I announced his name was I don't want to I don't know what it was, but the last name was Williams. So I also I was being hidden from the groom because he didn't know I was there. This was a big surprise. So I'm announcing names, and typically I like to be able to put a face to the name when I'm announcing them. So it's just kind of weird that I couldn't see when they're walking down and what the timing and all that kind of stuff. And um, I also, his name is John Higgins. And uh, I, I I called him John Williams. Uh, so I, I kind of paired the guy prior to him and mm-hmm. his name together. And I also know a John Williams. So it was just a complete mess. Well, I think we all know a John Williams. We yeah. I mean, who, who, who does it? Yeah. Composers. Yeah. Yeah. So. But guys, thank you for so much for joining me. Uh, I was very scared I was going to call you guys violent silhouette. This is a funny uh, story about that. Okay, so it's not the, it wouldn't be the first time. So that was supposed to be the original band name that we okay. had come up with. Oh, that's Mimi. I oh, know. I have a black cat too. Yeah, she's real nice. She's our production <laughs> assistant. Nice. The junior engineer. Um, so originally it was supposed to be violent silhouettes, and that was kind of the name that we had landed on but i was talking to the promoter of our first show i'd seen i was out to dinner and he passed by he's like oh yeah i'm making the flyer tonight what's the name of your band and i go violent silhouette so he goes violet silhouette that's really cool i like that i'm like yep that's the name and that's how we're now violet silhouette for the past there we go. three years four years four years four years jesus time flies when you're uh locked down yeah <laughs> for real <laughs> Uh, and as far as the band goes, uh, Zai, uh, what part of the band are you? I, um, I'm the singer and guitarist. Um, but yeah, as far as the first two EPs have been, um, yeah, just a lot of these songs that I had kind of cooped up in an archive and, uh, what great timing for the pandemic to happen and then I just sort of like really started hashing them out with Dan and our bassist, Justin. And uh, it was just kind of like a really cool opportunity. Yeah. To just kind of take these songs that I have kind of had as like a sort of skeleton. They're just like skeleton tracks, you know, really raw and stripped down. And then I took them into the studio with Dan and our other member. And yeah, that's where it all happened. Now, did you guys know each other prior to this or? Yeah, we both met um, DJing at a club down here called Respectable Street um, in beautiful West Palm Beach, Florida. Um, I had been DJing there for a very long time, and Zai had just started DJing there. And you were doing it for like what, like a year, maybe? Before? Yeah, yeah, six six months to a year. Mm-hmm. And then we um, we finally like just you know we'd see each other, we'd say hi, and then one night. Um, we like had dinner together and then just totally bonded over music and kind of where we were going, where we wanted like music projects to go and things like that. And we both had a vision for the same kind of not just sound, but also atmosphere and uh, aesthetic 
and just kind of this all-encompassing silhouette of uh, you know sound and 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 image. That's it's cool. More like more of like a feeling than anything else. Yeah, and how would you describe um, your music, you know, specifically as far as like, genre or things like that? Dusk, but with more reverb. <laughs> yeah, we we've been going off this thing called uh, post wave. Post wave, um, okay. Yeah, so it's it's anything that kind of has post in front of it as a as a sort of already existing genre is like kind of obviously takes some of the elements of that sort of um, origin uh, genre and kind of takes it a little farther uh, with newer nuances and elements and stuff. So we do take a lot of influence and inspiration from dark wave, new wave, and other, you know, alternative 80s genres, synth pop, etc. Post-punk. Post-punk, of course. But if, oh, we try to kind of put our own you know our own element or idea or um feeling into it and we've kind of just landed on you know post wave being a really good being a really good sort of umbrella term okay and if someone was watching or listening to this um and they wanted to check out your music they were like you know what what does it sound like are there other bands that you would compare yourselves to just as a, as a reference what does it sound like? I suppose it was such a great question. I don't know. Um, there's definitely bands that we've been influenced by, like, um, you know, for sure, Depeche Mode, um, you know, but we don't sound like we're making Depeche Mode songs. But I think, like, lyrically and texturally and sonically, um, a lot of that influence came through um, for us and then we're both kind of influenced by by different things so i think what comes out at the end is something that's a little definitely dancey definitely moody um synth driven but also with like an emphasis on because like both of our backgrounds were like in like punk bands and rock bands and stuff like that so i think we bring like this very uh, you know, sometimes it's a shoegazy element, especially in the last EP. I think in this EP, there's guitars are a little bit more sparse and a little brighter, um, more melody kind of going in. I don't think that answered the question at all, though. I don't think that tells anybody what we sound like. <laughs> you, you, you mentioned a couple bands. Ministry drums. Yeah, minute min, you, you'll hear elements of, you know, old industrial bands, origin bands, if you will, like, like, ministry and and so forth but like i said it's a little bit of everything without uh, and also being kind of hard to pin down uh what exactly we were we were trying to sort of emulate which if as far as we're concerned is a is a cool thing well that's one thing that's, that's cool about music in general it's like it's up for interpretation it's up for you know whoever wants to consume it at that time um it's fun too. I, I just interviewed a band called Death Valley Dreams, which is um Oh, that's a good band name. Yeah. And they're it's a great band and very synth driven and um also with this the same PR uh people as you guys, which is uh WTF. It doesn't stand for what you think it stands for. It stands no. for whoa, that's fresh. Uh Tori helped arrange this, so shout out to Tori and the group over there. Uh but yeah, so it's funny that's you know, within the last four interviews I've done. Uh, two of them have been 
with that group, and two of them have have uh, had similar sounds. Yeah, but, but as far as so, you guys are from Florida. We are. We're from South Florida. Where what's it? What's the scene like in that area? It's constantly trying. I think it's uh let's see. So we're based out of West Palm and like like I said, we have this um this club called Respectable Street that's been around for I think maybe 36, 37 years at this point. Wow. Like same owner, same kind of you know, alternative dance music. Um, there was a huge goth scene here in like the nineties and kind of tapered off, but it's always been home to like um different electronic acts, different post-punk acts, different um indie bands. And the venues have kind of gotten fewer and fewer over the past few years, especially like Miami. Miami used to have like probably like eight to a dozen places as like an alternative band where like you could play. And now I think there's like three places. That's like everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And then same with Fort Lauderdale, Fort Lauderdale. I think there's like, like maybe like three places that like you can play. So um you know we're always trying to like play with local bands you know when we're down here and um you know people keep trying but it's hard because it's like everything's like 21 and up i think that's happening like most places now right Uh, so there's really no all ages shows and like when i was younger like even though i was in my early 20s like you'd still go to an all ages show and sure there'd be a bunch of like 14 and 15 year olds running around like having the time of their life that you could like hang out at the bar and be like Oh, I remember when I was like in high school and like how much fun that was. But also like everybody could, you know, you had like real community around around shows and around music and stuff. Um but we do some synth nights. We did um was it Dark Wave Disco? Yep. Yeah. We did that in a couple clubs. And that's since we're both DJs, we do uh we show up and like do our own little thing. And there's like a good there's a good like dance scene around it. And so, like, the clubs will, you know, they'll throw a band in or sometimes there'll be a couple bands and a DJ. Um, And then outside of here, then there's really not too much going on until you reach, like, Orlando or Tampa or something. And those are, like, three, four hours away from us. That's interesting. Now, do you guys go outside of that area? I mean, do you do a a touring at all or are you kind of just local to that area? Yeah, so... We did, um, last week we played Absolution Fest in Tampa, which was pretty cool. Nuovo Testamento, Light Asylum, um, Priest, um, Panic Priest, Panic Priest, Night Sins. There was a really, really great lineup. Um, and those guys do shows, uh, those promoters community after dark, they do shows like in Tampa and Orlando and stuff. Um, we're going out, we're doing a couple shows out in LA, um, in middle of November. So I think November 12th, we're playing at Redwood in Los Angeles. And then the 16th, we're playing in Long Beach at Alex's bar. So what we're kind of trying to do is like hit like a metro area for like three dates and then like come back home. Cause like we're so far from every, like we can't drive anywhere. Right. If we wanted to go play a show in like Atlanta, like that's, a nine hour, 10 hour drive for us. And that yeah. takes us like six hours to just get out of Florida. Yeah. <laughs> so it's gotta be we're, tough. 
Yeah, it is. It is. But fortunately, we've been like, you know, we've been meeting, you know, playing some of these smaller festivals and stuff. We've been meeting um, people from all over the place that are super supportive. And, you know, we'll have some people, definitely some people out at our shows. And they'll be like, oh, you should check out this venue. Oh, you should check out this club. So we're going to, um, I think probably early next year, we're going to do um, some dates like New York, New Jersey, maybe Pennsylvania. And do like, you know, like I said, like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then like fly home. And then a month later, go, you know, out to the Midwest and do like Chicago where Justin lives right now. Um, you know, do Chicago, Minneapolis, and one other place that's out there, you know. <laughs> and, you know, as a small band, you know, that's your your options are kind of limited unless you like get on a tour with somebody. Sure. Um, you said, you mentioned Pennsylvania. Do you know where about some Pennsylvania? Do you have any, uh, ideas or, or we, we do not, but we're, we're certainly open to them. Let's go Vinny. Vinny, the V spot. Let's go. That'd, That'd be cool. Good. Yeah. We'll let you, we'll trust, trust me. Cause we get <laughs> up literally everybody we talk about like, Hey, um, so you know anything going on out there? So yeah, so we'll, well, like, like anywhere else, like you mentioned before, I mean, this area, um, I mean, had a well, I don't even know how how I would call it, but even back in the day, we had like two underage places. It was Home Base and Cafe Metro, and like a ton of bands played at Cafe Metro, like huge names that are you know out there today. Yeah, um, that's, a name, that's a name that I would see on like people's like the, yeah. their touring list. Yeah, yeah, and so those are both no longer around. Uh, Cafe Metro is now a split uh, barber shop and tattoo shop, which is pretty neat. Um, yeah. But uh, and we had an underage, well, not an underage, all ages show or a, a venue called Carl Hall that was around for maybe three years, but that closed maybe a year ago now. Um, I don't know. I don't know that there's any all age venues now around here. Maybe one. Might be called the Keystone Stage. I'm not sure, but yeah, and it, um, and and it's hard. And like I get it. It's like you know, local city ordinances and stuff like don't make it easy. Like we have this great venue down here called um, Ray's Downtown, which has been closed for a long time now. But I remember like the day where that ordinance went into effect, where you you couldn't serve alcohol, you know, unless it was an over 21 show, right. and his business was just like done in six months. You'd have like great shows tons of people coming to the show um but you know th those places make their money on on liquor sales right that's what sucks like yeah well i told you earlier before we started i used to work at an entertainment weekly newspaper and bars would just pop up all over the place there'd be a new a new bar at least once a month mm -hmm. and um i worked with a lot of them and you could always tell like when the bar that was you know around started hurting because they would start doing underage nights they would do like one Oof. night a week on a Thursday. Um, and that was always, we always called the kiss of death. Because every time they would try and do that, because you knew they were hurting, they wanted to, to try and just have a night where they would, you know, the underagers would come in and pay a $10 cover charge. They would just make, you know, 10 bucks off them immediately and then charge them for sodas or whatever. But there's always a problem. There's always, you know, kids underage trying to sneak in the, the you know, sure. 21 and older side. And there's always somebody who's older who's like, you know, thinks it's funny. And right. But yeah. fucking people, man. What are you going to do? 
I mean, it's that's who we are as humans. We want to break the rules. <laughs> it is, I mean, it's, it's just pretty fun. Yeah, I mean, if I uh, if I told you some of the stuff I did, I won't I won't even do it on air because I don't want my son you, or daughter. You have, right, you have a brand. <clears throat> well, I don't want to call it that. I, I have children who uh, one day might <laughs> dig into these. I don't know. Probably not, but who knows? Uh, but yeah, some of the stuff I did, you, you know, you did stuff to just to, you know, say just you to did it. Just to do it, yeah. Yeah, just that you did to get shit. Yeah. That's why I was just talking to guys in Death Valley Dreams. We were talking about uh, smashing mailboxes and, mm-hmm. you know, dumb shit like that. But, but yeah, it's, it's so it's hard. So it's like, um, you know, I, I, I love the, the idea. There's always, you know, bands forming, bands writing music together, but it's harder than ever, right? I mean, there's a, a different bunch of different variables. There's, you know, how do you get your music out there to the, to the people? How do you get them? How do you break through the noise that is, you know, the millions and billions of songs on streaming services? Uh, how do you um, overcome the obstacles of, you know, lack of places to play? Like, as far as you guys are concerned, you know, coming together, starting this band, Violet Silhouette. Uh, you know, what's, uh, I mean, what's, what's in it for you guys? Like, why is this such a, 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 a you know, why do you want to do this together? Well, I think that human beings have been doing this forever. <laughs> you know, that's what made you think human beings. So I don't know what makes, not to give us some sort of cosmic significance, but as far as on earth special, you know, we're kind of like one of the only creatures that like celebrate when we should just be surviving. We, like, what's the point of art? What's the point of aesthetic appreciation of X, Y, Z, like of anything? Um, but yet it our survival, spiritual anyway, survival is like really importantly tied to just the exuberant acts of celebration, festivity. And of course, Perfect. that's that's yeah. with music, it's with art and all those the other things that accompany that. Yeah, being creative. Yeah, I mean, if yeah. we can't be creative, if all we're doing is just surviving for the sake of surviving and we can't really be creative also, I I don't know how it's going to pan out or how it how we would have made it <laughs> throughout yeah. the aeons of history. Yeah. It's it really it really makes it worth it. I mean, the whole experience, I mean, you know, there's there's so much shit wrong with our world at any given time, but my god the the art the art and the music are fantastic yeah i mean i music is such a powerful thing you know whether you uh can create it and write it or you're just a consumer or or whatever it might be i mean uh you know it sounds like cliche but like music literally touches everyone i mean it's such a powerful force i mean it's like um you know like a really you know when a song's recorded right and you have like a good pair of headphones on or the the sound system's just right and you know this utter delicateness can like of like a single tone whether it's somebody's voice or like a keyboard or a guitar and it's just the way it was recorded and played and performed what somebody pulled out of something whether it's themselves or a machine or something and it just delivers in this perfect way that like you feel it physically and you feel it emotionally and like super heavy, super fast. Like there's something for every feeling and emotion. And I think that's also a big part of our, our writing process too, is it's a very 
um, emotive um, as, as far as like writing and performance goes for us. And, and what do you guys write about? What do you, what do you pull inspiration from? I think that a lot of my lyricism lately and, you know, Dan, even me and Dan will sometimes both sort of like go into our own poetic sort of processes and then we'll kind of mash them together in some songs. But I think they really are about, you know, things uh, that is inextricable to the human experience, like loss and, you know, emotional estrangement, desperation, making range from anything like, you know, really deep, dark, you know, et cetera, or very romantic and earthly even, or, or mundane and accessible. But, you know, if you, if you write about those things in in a certain fashion, they become more than the mundane. Mm -hmm. And are you able to write, like for me, if I ever, I, I can't write a song, you know, um, Put a gun in my head. I'm not gonna. Uh, you just, you know, I'm dead, right? Um, you need to be in a certain headspace to to write uh, music, or are you able to kind of just, you know, create imagery and, and and things like that in your head that you can write about? Because I always say, I always wonder, like, there's I artists who have to be in a bad spot to be able to, like, you know, have a an outlet. Yeah. And if like, I've noticed like if I'm in a really bad spot, like everything I write is just shit, but I write it and I hold on to it because you never know. And like that one line that I wrote like three years ago has something to do with something that I'm writing today. So I'm very like with my stuff, it's as it comes to me or just as I hear it in my head and I'll, I'll write a line or like two lines or four lines and like Zai was saying, it's like, you know, I'll say, oh, I want to use this here. What about this for like a chorus? And then he'll take it, he'll rearrange it. He'll be coming from somewhere else and hear something else with it. And all of a sudden we have a song that neither of us would have written on our own. Um, and then for me, like, I'm very much like, like Zai was saying earlier, like he had the skeletons like of the songs and I'm very, oh, I hear this. Oh, I hear this. Oh, I hear this. But if I'm, if I don't have that, I'm like, I guess this is okay. Like, I, I don't think anything I, a lot of things I write are very usable until I hear it like with something else. And then I can like, okay, I can come up with a part to like compliment this. I always found it very interesting. Like the, the, like where artists and how artists draw inspiration, like how you said, um, artists have to be in a bad spot or something to just kind of have that, um, that tidal pool of, of, of content. Right. And sometimes I it, totally, I can resonate with that. I'll be in quote unquote bad places and I'll be forced to have to, you know, confront something within me that I'll have to use art to channel. But sometimes it happens just like spontaneously and three o'clock in the morning, I'll wake up and I'll just, Oh shit, where's my, where's my pen and pad? I need to write this down. It's something so, nonsensical and surreal that it, you know, I probably won't make sense out of it until like a month or two later, but, or sometimes I'll just be doing something once again, very mundane, just be like mowing the lawn and something will catch my eye or I'll hear a combination of sounds or something and some collision, some interesting collision will happen. And then I'm running to a canvas to, to lock it down and capture it. Mm -hmm. And then it's gone. And then if I didn't do that, it just, it would just be just this 
little daydreamy thought that just yeah. flows flows away just like that. It's such a cool thing to have as a as an artist and musician to to be able to like <clears throat> recognize that and kind of like hey, you know what? Maybe I don't need it right now, but this could be something later on. Like that's just like a cool and I don't think everyone has that. You know, they they just go through their day and they'll just hey, you know, whatever and it's just a thought and it's it's in and out. But like you know, it, it you know, musicians and people who are creative, they 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 take those moments and they like, this is going to be something somewhere somehow, whether it's a painting or music or whatever it might be. It's just, right. It's such a weird, and I, I definitely think there's like parts of the brain that's like, you know, that artists have and creators have versus people who are, you know, an accountant or something like that. Sure. Yeah, I can't put anything line by line. I'm just totally confused by. Yeah. Like, like no logical process in my brain that like work. Like I have to like, yeah, it doesn't work. I can't be. Uh, I can't be an accountant. Uh, I th I think the only <laughs> you know the really the only difference between say the accountant and the artist is perhaps that, um, how would I call it that sort of permeability between the conscious mind and the unconscious spine or the dream realm, you know, the dream mm -hmm. realm is, is the unconscious. It has all those, it's the big collective pool of, of ideas and images, symbolism, concepts. Mm -hmm. And once that little barrier between those two places becomes a little bit more permeable, a little bit more transparent, ideas will leak out into the conscious mind. Now, this if this happens to such a degree where it's flooding the conscious mind, then, um, you know, that could be what some people would call like psychosis, right? But it's an interesting idea that everyone possesses that sort of bridge between and how people bridge those two places. Well, that is, uh, that is definitely, I think, uh, the question of creativity. Yeah, like that's like um, if you've ever seen like a David Lynch interview, he talks about like transcendental meditation and stuff like that. And the whole concept is that you're relaxing your mind to a state of, of to access like pure consciousness, which is really like nothing. It's not what happens there. It's when you get out of it and like you're back. And then, like I said, like it allows all these ideas to like leak through because mm. all of this is either you know it's either within you or it's in what a larger pool of of consciousness may may or may not be um but that everything exists and it's all real and it's all somewhere mm. it's an interesting idea right that here's an here's an analogy it's hard to write about something say physically on like a sheet of paper with a pen when you're in the water when you're in the water, when you're swimming in the idea and the creativity of it and the idea of it, you can't really document it. You just have to swim. That You have to live it. That You have to experience it. And then the act of creation is almost like the bringing back of the treasure from that place or state or experience. Would you say you guys are spiritual in any aspect i'd say spiritual and metaphysical and other other things yeah there's other definitely uses. yeah, yeah. I, I think um we're definitely and we both have 
our own unique ideas and, and thoughts around this, which is the best part about any spirituality, really, if you're not really tied to a set of yeah. religious doctrine or rules, you can like kind of have fun with it. And, you know, um, it's a lot of thought experiments, but yeah, um, we're definitely, we're definitely on some sort of wavelength. Well, it's, that's what it sounds like. I mean, like, just like the, the, the what you're saying too, is like, and I think, you know, music today kind of, I don't say sucks because it doesn't suck, but I mean, I think we got so much great music, um, you know, 70s and even earlier than that because of of uh, spirituality, drug use. Yeah, psychedelic. Unlocking different parts of your, like, just, you know, your mind. Um, and I kind of miss that. You know, you, you, you go back and look at, uh, listen to like Pink Floyd and shit like that. And um, who else? Um <clears throat> Yeah, I'm trying to blank, but like literally that, anybody, made, anybody, yeah, it's just like 64 and like 1978. Yeah, it, it was so good though. It's like, yeah, and there's no real direction, but like that's the beauty of it. It's just like this, it's just like this perfect imperfection. Hmm. Well, I mean, you know, if you go back even to our tribal shamanic past, that's what music was being that's what we were doing with music you know the the whole using music and rhythm and beat as a sort of tool to achieve trance and in that trance you get messages and in those messages you bring them back and they're vital information to your tribe and to the health of your society and it brings solace and comfort to the the people within that your little clan or population or whatever have you. Mm -hmm. I love that shit. I love that. That's it's like I don't know. I wish I I wish I did more drugs when I was younger. <laughs> That's and, a, I didn't really start doing drugs until I was in my thirties. So you know. yeah, but, and I mean, so listen to all your listeners out there. There's always time to start doing drugs. <laughs> well, it's it's. I mean, great. It's like you know we uh, you know marijuana has become you know recreationally legal. Um, medicinally legal things like that, which has been great. I think that's much, um, and much more widely accepted in, in so general. so accepted. I remember when growing up, I was young. I mean, they were showing us uh, <laughs> commercials with you know broken eggs, saying this is your brain that's gonna like your 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 skull is gonna be cracked and your brain's gonna leak out of your head and will be fried in a frying pan. Yeah, that, yeah, that's scary. I don't want to do that. That that's that only uh, happens if you don't take a break. You gotta <laughs> you gotta check in with yourself. You gotta take a break. Yeah get back to normal mm. and they go do it again but yeah i always wish i, I i've never i really i you know, i i've had weed or had had weed. i've tried weed a few times i'm just not good at it uh i uh, i go to the moon uh because i typically mix it with alcohol uh but you know i heard mushrooms are a, a, an amazing uh psychedelic mushrooms uh, are great and especially like because with mushrooms you can you can start with a little and you work your way up with it like, you know, you can microdose with mushrooms. You could just take like a little bit. You don't have to see God the first time. <laughs> if you take Wait, enough, you'll Well, that's what I'm scared of. Like, well, I mean, when I was younger, I just I just I was I was always a straight and narrow. You know, yeah, I drank here and there. Uh, but I just kinda like on a straight and narrow. And I wish I would have you hear stories about, you know, mushrooms. But now, yeah, they talk about microdosing and you know, doing it to the point where you get things that are widely accepted now. Yeah. And psilocybin. You know, it's very interesting growing up in South Florida in the early 2000s um, because 
there was a really weird thing happening. There was uh, a flood of the opiate epidemic going on, which was a systemically, you know, sort of uh, charged situation. And then you had the illicit or the, how would I call it? The designer drugs that were being sold in gas stations, which would give you the worst trip of your life as long as you were, you know, 18 years old and could purchase it. And it was just like a strange time because it was, it was like a, it, it really felt like a dystopian jungle down here of altered states of consciousness. And, you know, there's videos out there of, of people being on these gas station hallucinogenics and, it's utterly terrifying, you know, to have just like literally grown up like right in the midst of all of that. Yeah, it was like, what is it, spice and K2 and yeah, and bath salts and yeah. all that. Like salvia. Yeah, salvia. Salvia yeah. got me once. Um, real quick story. Yeah, because everybody, everybody always has a horror story about it. I'm like, I don't want that. <laughs> so I'm at this party at the lake. Um and I, I just got in there, uh, yeah, again, drinking. And someone's like, hey, man, you want to smoke some pot? I'm like, nah, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. So I had a couple more beers. And Dave, his name is Dave Palladino. Uh, I'll never forget this moment. I swear he said, hey, do you want to smoke pot again? And I'm like, yeah, fuck it. Like, you know, whatever. You know, your, your inhibitions at that point. Yeah. The, the You know, it's. The, yeah, the guard has been dropped, and I'm like, sure, yeah, whatever. So I do it, and next thing I know, man, I'm like, I gotta get out of here. Like, <laughs> this is a bad place. So I go out. I, I have a, like, a campfire outside. I'm sitting. Like, my buddy's like, just sit down, just sit down, relax, just chill out. So, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with the campfire. The little sparks that kind of uh, fly off the the top of one. I yeah. thought they were fireballs chasing me. Oh, I, I literally I got up, I ran out of the party down the street. I'm like, thought fireballs were chasing me. Oh, you're a runner. I've I've, I've met some I've met some runners. Yeah, Salvia. You, guys, you guys are hard to keep. Together. <laughs> you guys are hard to track down. Yeah. First and uh, last time. Yeah. Dave, Pal, he, Dave Paladino, he claims he goes, no, dude, I told you it was Salvia. I'm like, bro, I'm pretty sure that. You didn't say that because I was very <laughs> apprehensive to marijuana. Right. If yeah. you said salvia, I would have been like, what is that? It may have taken me a few more drinks to like said, okay. Yeah. Cause at the time I didn't know what it was. And then little did you know, it was one of the most highly uh one of the most potent plant psychedelics ever. No clue. Yeah. It is a very potent uh psychedelic that one for sure it's good to, it's good to know what to expect too. well yeah. you, no one no one did that's the one thing did. because there yeah. there was none unless so when i was i mean this website is still around and uh it's probably the reason why i, I probably haven't died in some, <laughs> some respect because well because there was a lot of education on it you is know it, is it blue light no it was called arrowid.com Oh yeah, that's and Arrowhead was just like a really good site where people shared a lot of testimonials. People shared a lot of intel and knowledge, all the way from legality to chemistry and so forth about just about every as of yet documented substance that has a an effect on human consciousness. Mm -hmm. And um, if you kind of had 
the awareness of that website, you were a little better off. But still, yeah, Salvia, when it hit the market, it just people really didn't know what to expect. And it took me quite a while to finally approach it. I think with a more, I wouldn't say like a medicinal approach, but something more holistic than just like being at a party, which that's how I first, that how I did it the first couple of times was, was like that. And then just getting my socks blown off. And then just <laughs> then, then months down the road being like, okay, I want to do this again, but I want to do it in my backyard during the day with someone who could tackle me if I started to run like all these you know, like I really wanted to explore what this had to teach. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's hard to get that kind of analysis from an experience when, yeah, you're, you know, you're you caught know. off guard like that. Well, I, you know, there's a, there's a big, uh, you know, push, I think for, you know, legalizing a lot of different things. And some States have legalized, uh, like a ton of shit. I think Oregon, like, yeah, they legalized mushrooms and shit like that, I think. Um, but like, you know, there's so much knowledge and so much research done and, and so much like, you you know, the human body can have this and you'll feel a certain way, but you won't want to go jump off a cliff. Right. Um, which is kind of neat to think about, like to ha- be able to have those um, euphoric moments, so to speak. And yeah, well, because like, in, I think in order to have those moments, you know, have those moments be truly like you know, we don't always, like I said earlier, we don't always want to like go through a transformation. Sometimes we just want to feel like that elevation and that, that altered state. Um, But, you know, knowing, you know, approaching it with a positive mind is always, you know, it's always like they say, like with like acid and any psychedelic, like set and setting. It's like, like I said, he's like, I want, he wanted to be home. He wanted to be in his backyard. He wanted to be during the day, you know, because if like you do some stuff at a party, well, it might be a really, really weird party just for you. And like everybody else might be on some totally other wavelength because you took too much. You've never done this before. You had a really shitty week, you know, and it wasn't, wasn't the day to take acid. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what that uh, whole concept is to, you know, kind of legalize shit more and have it be more, um i just saw in uh california because uh newsom um vetoed a bill to decriminalize psilocybin or, or mushrooms and um because he said that by the time that went into effect there's that what they want to try and do and i don't know if this is like the altruistic version is probably has to do with money and like politics and all sorts of bullshit of course but they said they want to have like more resources and more like studies done so that people could be like publicly educated so they don't have people freaking out in the streets i guess and i'm like well if you put it that way i yeah could have that. that's yeah but, <laughs> yeah sure but but you know that's the problem too is like you have these people who are so hard-lined against it or they're being funded to be hard-lined against it regardless of what they think or not and they have these um Oh fuck! That edible's kicking in. I'm losing my train of thought. God damn it! I was so close. Oh no! Oh, what time is it? Uh, oh shit! It's almost an hour. Yeah. See, yeah I told, told you it was damn. gonna happen. Damn it! It, so, it feels like it's been twenty minutes. Who are very unlike me, um, you know. But they they prevent you know they shoot down any sort of education. They shoot down any sort of resourcing or community outreach. You know, yeah. it's like 
Sure, do I want the safe needle dispensary down the street from my house? I don't think so, but is it better than having, you know, is it better than having needles on the sidewalk? Right. Yes. Right. You know, and and because we need to focus on, you know, harm reduction, and then that's how you, that's the best way to combat, you know, really, you know, and it helps people who need help, and it really combats, like, shitty drug use. Well, yeah, you talk about harm reduction. I mean, think about the way drugs are now. People are dying from fentanyl overdoses doing coke. Like, yeah, and fentanyl. One, why would you put fentanyl and coke? Those two shouldn't be together. Like, because people are fucking bored. Yeah, I don't know. It's terrible. But like, you know, you talk about legalizing that shit. You know, it's monitored. It's it's Mm -hmm. uh, regulated. So, like, the more. I mean, again, I grew up. Drugs are bad. Don't do drugs. You'll, you know, your brain will crack open. And you'll in a fry in a frying pan. But now you get, you know, get smarter. We're more educated. More, you know, there's more research. It's like people in people in Silicon Valley are doing it, and yeah. you know, yeah, maybe we should uh have regulated uh, yeah. drugs and be able to know what we're doing. I I, full, I fully support that. I fully endorse that measure. Well, I didn't I mean, mean yeah. to get on on into drugs during uh, <laughs> your t- our talk I don't about. Think anybody needs to get into drugs, but yet here we all are. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I mean, the idea. I I went to my first dispensary. I was in Colorado back in 2014. My buddy lives out there. It was his bachelor party. I remember walking in. He's like, "Yeah, dude, you can." And they're they're all like, "Cool, like, hey, do you guys want to like melt into your couch?" And we're like, "No, not really. We're we, we're kind of here for a bachelor party. We want to be able to hang out and be be cool." Like okay, well here's this. Here, here are these items. And it's like yes. sweet, and they have cool like bud tenders. You mm-hmm. know, rip on the bartender bud tenders like, and like every like strain is a cool name and all that kind of shit. Like, let's go. Yeah. Exactly, and that's. I mean, that's my personal preference. I, I live in Pennsylvania. I mean, and <clears throat> I, I'm a big advocate for recreational legalization because i i want to see tax dollars be used or allocated correctly now granted we have a very corrupt state but if we can get past that like tax dollars for education i mean we only get better as a society if we're educated um and it fix our fucking roads because i don't know if you guys are familiar but you can't drive in pa without you know bending the rim once a year in a pothole yeah. Yeah, but I digress. I'm sorry. That's okay. I know. I, I, <laughs> like I said, I, I grew. I told you before we started. I grew up in in Northwest New Jersey, so I'm very familiar with Pennsylvania roads. You can even pump, pump your own gas. I know. I don't even know still if I can. still can. You I still can't. No. Jeez. But I think they legalized weed. I, I think. think I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like weird. Again, I think it's like weird loopholes. Like my friend said, it's like you have to buy stickers and then you can buy the weed. Like you can't just go in and like buy it like how you probably did in Colorado. Yeah. It's like a weird little like a stamp system, like a something like that. But I think it's like I don't I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna ponder a guess. Perhaps your listeners know they can they can inform you. I don't I don't even know. For me. I was in Boston back in March and we walked into a dispensary. Um, my buddy's into that kind of stuff and it was super cool. I just wanted to be there for the experience. But yeah, they're like, again, same thing. They're like, 
what do you guys want to do? Like, what are you, what are you feeling? Like, do you like a certain flavor? Blah, blah, blah. And he walked out with a couple of joints, uh, a, a bag or two of edibles and uh, no, no questions asked. Here's my ID. Uh, here's the money. And, you know, on his way. Real nice time. Real nice time. Great transaction. Again, I was just like, and everything's clean. It's like that, like almost like space age, like, like, like bright lights, white tables, everything's like nice. Very clean. Future. The future. Yeah. I remember smoking weed in the bushes, dude. <laughs> I, can't even, shit? I can't even tell you. I told you before. I can't even tell you where I've, I've done that. <laughs> God forbid my son. I, yo, I, I'm like, you know what I'm going to, if I ever have kids or whatever, if I'm like you know, showing the younger generations, what it would felt like to just like be high and smoke weed, uh, back in, in my day or whatever, I would just show them Blair Witch Project. <laughs> like this is what, this is what being high in the woods hiding from society. was like, it was just like this. And you got your asshole friend trying to scare you the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was some, there was a, you know, yeah, as as cool as it is to be able to do it legally now, it's like there was some aspect of life that was like kind of cool about <laughs> yeah. you know not being able to do it, doing it yeah. in the wrong places. Like, you know, there was a, a sense of like, you know, a purpose almost. Like, yeah, hey, you know, I'm yeah. breaking the rules. Like, yeah. if I get away with this, then you know, a natural, a natural defiance. Yeah, satisfied. That's what, that's what we do as humans. We're just, you know, we, we're, we're here to break the rules. And and when everything's permitted, you know, it's like, well, shit, what am I, def- what am I going against? Yeah. And as humans, like, we need that. We do. I don't, it's, it's, I don't it's, know it's, why we do, but we do. It's, it's human nature. You know, we're, we're animals. It's part of it. We're animals. We are animals. Drug-fueled you know, animals. Yeah, drug fueled animals. I like that. And and uh to to uh jump a little bit into Terrence McKenna, apparently it was via our er, our ancestors' experimentation with uh you know naturally occurring plants and fungi that catapulted uh our ancestors into the evolution of who we are today. You know, mathematics, science, and everything Uh, else. Sometimes they call it the stoned ape theory. As yeah. I've seen it on the internet, it may be called something else, much, uh, much well better said than that. That's the layman, the, the layman's term. Layman's to, term uh, is stoned yeah. ape. Well, again, I'm sorry we got off topic here, and, and and Dan, I don't want you to get too far gone as the edible kicks in. Oh no, so it's we'll, fine. It's, we'll it's, get uh, back. We'll get back to the music. Of, back to uh, the music that you guys do real quick, and I'll let you guys go, but. As far as what you have released out there that that people can um, kind of absorb, uh, what's out there for people to to consume? Well, um, on October twentieth, we have our new EP, Fever Blue, that's oh. going to be on all the streaming services and YouTube Music and Spotify, title and Apple and a bunch of ones in Asia that I've never heard of that we've uh, released it to, and. Um, Everything's available on Bandcamp. Um, and we have our previous EP, Semi-Permanent Derealization. We got a couple singles out there, too. And, yeah, they're all available everywhere on, on wherever you listen to music. Um, and Bandcamp has a couple extra um, songs that we that we put out there, a few covers, and a live version of one or two songs. Our uh, the- merch. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. 
Sorry. I was going to say our, our, uh, our merch is uh, also on Bandcamp, and it's just like when you go on our Bandcamp, it really, it really, the layout and the visuals really like kind of bring you into that like silhouette that we're trying to, you know, share. The same thing with the album cover of uh, Fever Blue. It just, uh, we're trying to, in a sense, cross wires the people who like want to listen to our stuff. We're, we're trying to take the visual and the audio and all these other tactile things and try to cross those wires in your brain. So when you see the album, you see the artwork of the album, you're also tasting things. Just that, that sort of synesthetic mashing and collage of the senses. What's the uh, the benefit of Bandcamp? I, I know a lot of artists kind of do like, <clears throat> they'll do early releases on Bandcamp before it hits like Spotify and Apple and all that kind of shit. But they also kind of have like hidden gems there. Like, uh, I mean, is that a better platform as, as far I, as monetarily speaking goes? Uh, or Monetarily speaking, 100%. It's the better platform because that's where people can actually like buy and purchase it and you know, hold, hold on to either, you know, physical media, um, or the downloads were like, you do Spotify and things like that. Um, it's cool. I mean, I love Spotify and title. I use them all the time, but when you go to Bandcamp, it's like, you know, we kind of control, like I said, we, we kind of control that storefront. We control like that look and that image. And it's like, we're serving it to you in a more thoughtful way. Plus, um, our revenue share when people buy things is much better. So if you buy a song for a dollar, we get 85 cents because the band camp keeps 15 cents to, you know, run band camp and, you know, the credit card transactions and pay their, their people and everything. Um, and that's, uh, they do like band camp, band camp Fridays. Yeah. Which is once a month. And that's when all 100% of all proceeds go to the artists. So that's like a great that's a great time when people release music um, or they'll like put their whole discography on sale. Um, it's where I buy like a lot of my DJ tracks so I can because I know that that artist is like that money's going directly to them. And it doesn't have to go through, you know, it's not the point zero zero one cent that Spotify gives you that you hope adds up to thirteen dollars. So right we can share a sandwich but yeah, you can, while we're playing it in you can buy one quote unquote value meal at a fast food restaurant yeah so real quick I mean, this episode is going to come out um probably uh, a couple days uh before the October 2023 release of Fever Blue um what can people expect from that well um actually had a, a little experience with it today i was um uncomfortably stoned on the bus <laughs> on, in public transit and it was really rainy and gloomy and people looked um i'll say really worn tired and really looking forward to going home and feeling that sort of Warmth, and I had the album sort of. I was listening to it on my headphones, and I, I suddenly felt really connected to it, at, at like from the third person, anyway, like kind of forgetting that I had anything to do with it. But you know, I would recommend walking 
in a drizzle with it, I would recommend taking a different route home to it, walking down the street to it. Movement, I think, is uh, the friend to this album. Mm, Not just physical movement, but, you know, emotional movement, something that like, yeah. And we we put it together in a way, you know, we played with the track listing. I think we had set, we had seven songs done for it. We're only releasing six. Um, so I thought the seventh just didn't, it, when I heard it, it just jolted me in a different place. Like I felt like ever, these six songs really, you know, pulled like the perfect like 30 minutes of an emotional daydream process. And then, you know, the other song, I'm like, no, we, well, we got like that. that. Yeah. An emotional daydream process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, I just sat here, like I listened to it. I had, had my headphones on and yeah, I just leaned back and just did. It really took me somewhere. And I'm and like, so I said, it's like, I forgot about it. Like, I forgot this is like what rewrote. Like I wasn't thinking about, oh, that keyboard part sounds good. Oh, I like what I did there. Oh, mm-hmm. I like what you did there. You know, um, cause all that happens before. And once we get the masters back, we're like, okay, that's done. This is, you know, the painting's finished. It's no longer ours, um, which is, you know, a really good feeling. It's very relieving. Is that hard to do to kind of remove yourself from the music and not be like nitpicking, like, you know, your pieces? Um, I think we give ourselves a lot of time to do that. Um, We try, we try not to rush it and like, we'll sit with it. And sometimes we won't listen to like the songs for, you know, we'll let it sit for like a month. And then we'll come back to it and be like, I don't know why I didn't think that was going to work. This sounds great. So, you know, it, it, it balances out. And there's other things we're like, oh yeah, I know that we really need to fix that. That really needs to change. Um, but I think we both have very good taste. I think that's why we were good DJs. Um, because we know it, like we know when it's there. And I think for me, it's different than like an artistic push of, every piece is like exactly where it needs to be. I'm like, this sounds good. This evokes emotion. I could dance to this. I could visualize in my head people doing, you know, different like scenes that don't exist. Hmm. And when I can do that, then I know it's ready. Yeah. It's like if, if it, if it engages, if it makes the body want to instinctively move and, or if it transports the imagination when both those things happen, that is like, that's really cool. If one of those things happen, that's also cool too. If none of those things happen, what are we doing again? It's like, <laughs> yeah, then it's just disposable. Or, you know, it, it's, it, maybe it's an, it's an ambient track or maybe it's, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, 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 it, it, you, you really take it back to the drawing board, but yeah, we, part of our, I don't know, our screening process for like whether or not we really want to go with the song is half of it is very, I don't know, like children are very interesting creatures in that they just know what's like good. They just, Mm -hmm. they don't need to think about, oh, well, you know, these kids are going to look at me weird if I like this stuff or, you know, they they just like what they like. (laughs) And so we think about it like that, like, dude, do, do we like what we like? And then the other half is, okay, but where does it take us? Where do we want it to take the listener? Um, all these other things come into come into question. 
Yeah. And we're really lucky that we both like, like we'll just sit and we'll talk about that for hours about where we wanted to go before we even like do anything with it. Or then all of a sudden like inspirational strike and we'll bang out a bunch of parts like really fast. Yeah. That's an interesting thing to talk about, like viewing it from, from a, a place of a child because kids are so innocent or they have not been influenced yet. So it's kind of a neat place to kind of like just reflect on that. Yeah. Yeah. So that doing activities or things that will help that, that sort of, that will create that neuroplasticity is important. You know, Yeah. you know, I wrote a lot of poetry during the writing of this album that, that felt separate from the album altogether. You know, I, I did a lot of like, um, physical practices like you know yoga and dancing and and just sort of did a bunch of these things that would help promote this um this freshness of mind for me to sort of reflect on on whatever it is that we were working on no, that's cool <clears throat> i'm looking forward to it coming out yeah thank you love to, love to hear what you guys think about it yeah yeah so the songs they have available right now, like I, I, there's some of them I kind of like, I feel should be in the soundtrack to to Blade. That's the mm. nicest thing anybody could ever say to me. Yeah. No, seriously. Like, like, cool. like should, someone's like Wesley Snipes is is walking like through town to go kill uh, vampires. You know, to to, <laughs> to your music. That's the soundtrack. Vampire Sex Club music. That's what it really is. That's yeah. I mean, that's all right. Opening scene, whatever it was in the that's... first Blade. Where it's like the blood sprinklers. Blood spr- yep. You know that yep. song was a remix of a New Order song. Oh really? Uh-huh. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Took me forever. <laughs> great, I fucking love that. That's still a great song. I'm gonna it's listen. Great to movies. It. it really is. Well, they are making a new one, so maybe we'll of have. Of course, our- they are. Maybe we'll have our shot. Maybe we'll be in the new blade. Submit it. Submit it. All right. Shoot your shot. If anyone knows how to do that. <laughs> You can reach out to <laughs> Tori. Tori, get these guys in the right place for the remake of Blade. Let's go. Whoa, that's fresh. Let's go. <laughs> hey, re- well, last question, real quick. You guys are, are both DJs. Um, tell me about your your DJ style. What, what are we playing? What, what are we? Uh, what kind of crowds are we talking about? Um. Let's see. Well, when we're together, it's we we're kind of more um, we call it dark wave disco, and it's definitely you know dark wave. Um, I go like kind of some techno, eighties um, post punk, you know French new wave, like all sorts of. It's all over the place, but it has you know again. It's like what we were saying about our music. It's like what vibe do I want people to have? What soundtrack am i creating for people's evening you know it's all about taste it's yeah. about what one sounds good after the next one i mean i started doing it in like do i want to say like i started djing in like 2007 with like you know mostly like indie dance blog house kind of stuff um but i always would like throw in you know depeche mode um you know nine inch nails um you know a lot of 80s dance bands and and stuff like that 
and you know like i said we that's kind of like where we we had a crossover and i still do i still kind of mix all that stuff together today but i'm always like very focused on like what's new and like what's coming out now that's like really good and you need to hear this yeah you know all these other songs <laughs> you know that's why you like them so much because you know them but right. you know, songs you've never heard before and when they're mixed in right and they're they're placed the right part of the set like people keep that momentum like, and what like, what is that same energy and they're like okay like i and then they leave knowing that they know that song and now they like that song and now they'll go look up that look up that artist and the next time you play it it's like more people come on the dance floor for it yeah mm. that's one thing uh I, I told you before i, I started emceeing some weddings and that's why I, I respect about djs so much is being able to kind of read the room mm-hmm and just like, all right, like this is the this is the vibe. This is I, I can take this song and it can it can marry into this song, and it just kind of keeps that that level and and uh, even the, even the build up per se. What about what about you, Zion? I know I went off on a tangent myself. Uh, as far as DJing, yeah, because you've been doing that Eden in the Dark. Yeah, uh, so uh, Eden in the Dark was is a really cool little night that I've been doing with my friend Nicole and it's basically like taking a little bit of like the dark post-punk stuff, but yeah, with a focus on playing newer uh, artists um, and we'll even throw in like some kind of sort of theme sometimes, like we'll do like a foreign post-punk set where we just feature all the music that like we love that people know, but from different countries who I don't know. The market doesn't really acknowledge because there it's not in English or something. So mm-hmm. um, we like to give a lot of kudos and credit to bands kind of like keeping that genre appreciated and alive um, in their own respective countries. Um, also just like a lot of music that was influenced by synthesizers um, like Japanese city pop is one of my favorites um, because of their like very early and pioneering use of what would then become and still is a staple to electronic dance music. So just kind of dipping back into the origins um, in a uh, not so expected Western uh, to the West's way of music. That made any sense whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> It's again, music is open for interpretation and and kind of appeals to who it appeals to. So that's cool. Yeah, that's the best part about it. It's the best part. Well, guys, I don't want to take up any more of your time. It's getting late. It's a Monday night, right? Um, <laughs> uh, Violet Silhouette. Where can people find you uh, online? Uh, Instagram Violet Silhouette Official. Um, VioletSilhouette.com and on all the you can find us on YouTube and all of the music streaming uh, services. Very cool. And the, October twentieth, the uh, the new album comes out. Um, any plans to uh, promote it? Will it be a shows or whatever to close out the year? Or any big plans for the beginning of next year? Where we stand? Um, yeah, so we're, we're we have some shows down in South Florida that we're doing. And then um, we're going to be in L.A. and Long Beach in November. And I think we have two or three shows out there. And then um, 
usually December we keep it pretty local, but I think in the new year we're definitely uh, we have some things we're working up in the Northeast, like New York, New Jersey, probably Pennsylvania. Um, we we got to get you into the V spot or a place called Nor. You're right. Nor is owned by Josh Balls, and Josh Balls was in Motionless and White. Oh yeah, yeah. And he's a product now called uh, Strange Kids. Oh, cool. He's also nice. managing Death Valley Dreams that I mentioned earlier. But those would be two good spots for you guys to to hook up with. That's Sweet. fantastic. Yeah, so maybe you'll see us there in 2024. That'd be we'll sweet. Keep in touch. We should for sure. And I got you mentioned merch. If you ever need a merch person, I'm sure you're happy with who you have. I'm not trying to take it from them, but uh, full time, I work for a company called Axelrad Screen Printing. Shout out Axelrad. Uh, we do merch. We do uh, screen printing, embroidery, design, whatever, whatever you guys need. So if you're ever in the the need of new merch or new designs, hit me up. Yeah, perfect. No, absolutely. Come up to perfect. come up to PA. Give me a tour of the shop. Take you to the V spot. We'll meet Vinny. Play a show. It'd be awesome. I, I think. I, I think we're planning a whole day here. Yeah. <laughs> so what we're gonna have. So what we'll do is we'll order merch through you. Go to pick it up. Day of the show. I'll, no. You can come like actually screen print it yourself. I'll, I'll let you like pull the squeegee just for you know just just a quick just for content for your for your social media. There you like, go. Hey, we print. We literally print our own merch. Just a quick video, right? We'll pack it up. You'll be on your way. Go to the V spot or Nor. Play a show. Sell all the merch. Make millions. And then be on your way to the next next place. Love Boom. it. We fixed uh, all the world's problems right here. We 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 at least problem. we so we solved our problems. We solved all the yeah. <laughs> That's a good well, guys, place to start. Thank you so much again for uh taking the time uh on a Monday night. I'm sure there's better things to do in Florida <laughs> right now than to be talking to me. So not it's still too humid out, man. It's it's kind of <sighs> dude, it's so. like 40 degrees here. And um <laughs> God, I'm so jealous. You know how badly I want to wear a jacket. Well, I'll tell you what. If it wasn't like rain, it's like it's like, it's like, like annoying rain. Uh, oh, that rainy uh, forty degrees. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's so it's like it's damp. It's it's bone chilling. It's we don't have a fall here anymore. It, it goes from you know ninety five degrees last week. It was ninety degrees here, and now it's forty. Um, we don't have like a true fall anymore. You know, it's, it is mm-hmm. what it is. You know, we can blame climate change. We can blame Biden. We can blame Trump if you want to. Whatever you want to do, we'll blame somebody. It is what it is. I blame uh, T. You blame who? Television. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I blame uh, aliens. You know, it, you might as well. But whatever, <laughs> guys. Thank you. I hope your uh, new album is received very well. Uh, great tunes available uh, online right now, and uh, hopefully, you'll be in the next uh, remake of Blade. Yeah, we're shooting for it, brother. Thank you so much. I mean, hey, you know what? <clears throat> this is—I don't know if you could see over over here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, 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 this is an award-winning podcast. I don't know if you know that or not. I see several awards. <laughs> uh, yeah, it. two of them are uh, in my son's room. He he, he confiscated them last year. Um, but we're, we're gonna go to the moon. We're we're gonna. Uh, this show is gonna take you to new heights. You're gonna be in the next Blade remake. We'll see you there. 
I'm we'll lying see. to you. I'm totally lying to you. <laughs> One day I hope that I can have After that all influence. this, we built so much trust and now lies. No, not lies. I'm 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 telling okay. you the truth. I don't, okay. I'm not going to lie to you. Okay. Um, hopefully, one day I'll have that influence, and with your help, with your help, with your with your we'll interview, with your we'll with your, we'll provide the soundtrack to your influence. <laughs> exactly. With your with your audience, we 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 can get there. We'll do it. We'll together. do it together. Let's All right, Zai, Zai, Dan, thank you very much. Violet Silhouette, guys, take care. Thank take you, care, brother. All right, thank you. <laughs>